Hi there, and thanks for tuning in to the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You're about to listen to another proud presentation brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs. Stand out from the crowd. For more information, visit revengelover.com and mention the podcast for 10% off of your order. Today on Ranger Command Power Hour. I hate working from home. I hate this. Mm-hmm. And the governor of, of my state just said, all right, shelter in place till April 30th. I'm like, another month? <laughs> I feel like all I can do is just podcast with other people, and this is my therapy. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. You're a person, too. You can be nice to yourself. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> Welcome to Ranger Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the same way. I'm trying not to beat myself up. It's like, this is a weird situation. No one's really dealt with this. You're not used to working from home this much. This is weird. I have to acknowledge that. <clears throat> Going to clear that all out of my... <laughs> Going to clear that all out of my mind. Uh-huh. And we'll get to this. Okay. Okay. And now on Ranger Command Power Hour... Ay, 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 ay! It's the Ranger Command Power Hour! Today on the Power Hour episode 157, Ranger Nation Spotlight Void Ranger, recorded on March 31st, 2020. Welcome to the Ranger Command Power Hour on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. It's time to ranger up with your host, I'm Eric, also known as b 47 This episode is brought to you by our patrons on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash rangercommandph to learn more about supporting Ranger Command Power Hour. Thanks to our $5 and above patrons, Chris P., Steve F., Doug F., AJW, Tyler W., Tyler B., Eric D., Jacob P., Steve M., Liz M., Craig M., Callum M., Mason M., Raheem Y., Derek G., and Teresa B. for supporting us this month. Today we have a new Ranger Nation spotlight with Chris, also known as Void Ranger. Chris is a Power Rangers fan with a newer YouTube channel called Old God Machinations, where you can, quote-unquote, stop on by, stay a while, and let's talk spandex and robots. So, welcome to Ranger Command Power Hour, Chris, for the second time! Hi, thank you for having me again! (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, you were on last time, and we watched a crazy episode of power rangers in space uh that was a lot of fun yeah you could say uh we're certified turtified (laughs) i never want to say that again (laughs) it has entered my lexicon and it will never leave (laughs) so there is there is some news i know last time we talked about kind of like the comic situation with diamond and everything that was going on but we do have some confirmation now according to newsarama boom has halted single issues for print and digital but will continue with original graphic novels and collections through non-diamond distributors so That's things like bookstores, that kind of stuff that typically get the graphic novels. So they had a statement. Boom Studios sent out an actual letter to all the retailers, and that's how Newsarama got hold of this information. So according to the letter, new single-issue releases were already printed for April 1st and April 8th. Those releases are currently being held at Diamond. Boom Studios has halted single-issue printing for the time being, 
pending further information regarding the resuming of physical distribution from our distribution partner. Additionally, we have halted the digital release of new single issues through our digital distribution partners pending further information from Diamond. So again, graphic novels and collections will continue to release on Boom Studios' book market schedule. That's typically the Tuesday after a direct market release. So usually any collection comes out for comic shops on Wednesday, and then book places get that the following Tuesday. So apparently they're still going to continue doing that. And then finally, they closed out saying that they are going to reevaluate their entire 2020 publishing schedule and will share details when they are finalized. So that is a lot. It is. And this whole situation is very, very much unprecedented, um, Mm -hmm. especially for Americans. I mean, what was the last thing we dealt with? Polio, which was definitely before our time, like on this scale. Right. It sucks, but it's what has to happen right now. Businesses are having to adapt as best as they can. And we're kind of the blind leading the blind. Nobody really knows how to handle this the right way. We just kind of have to feel it out and do the best we can. And yeah, it sucks. <laughs> I mean, obviously it sucks for all the comic book readers of of the Power Rangers. I mean, there was a lot of stuff like April was going to be a closing chapter. You had the Ninja Turtles crossover ending that month. Go-Go Power Rangers was going to end and then Necessary Evil was going to end overall with issue 50 for the comics. So it's kind of like prolonging uh, to be continued, but I just think of it as, look, we survive every year with like a four to five month hiatus of the TV show. I think we'll get by with a couple months without the new comics. Yeah, it sucks. I look forward to new comics and saying hi to my comic shop guy who've dealt with for the past five years. So it's tough. It is tough, but you're right. We, we survived the hiatus or multiple ones, but as a fandom and as a show for 20 plus years, we've survived much worse. So I know everybody's excited and maybe a little disappointed, but We've made it through worse than this. We will make it through this. I have faith that everybody all will be fine. Like, just continue to let the the writers and the artists know that you support them and you look forward to their work because that gets them through as well because they're probably just as scared as we are of what the future holds for them, even if they're not on Power Rangers anymore. Just encourage them, you know? I focused on Boom, obviously, because they do the Power Rangers, but... I mean, this affects Marvel, DC. This is an entire industry that's kind of grinding to a halt right now. And it's going to be tough, but it's not just the comics industry. It's the entertainment industry. It's the food industry. It's everything right now. The comic book industry is already kind of, you know, not to gloom and doom it or anything, but it's already on kind of like thin ice. There's a Mm. lot of changes happening and I'm not going to pretend I know everything about the industry, but it's, it's easy to see. So... Just support them. When these come out, make sure to pick them up digitally or otherwise. And your local comic book shops, too. Those are are real people. They're not corporations. So do what you can. It's not always possible, depending on where you live. But, you know, just let them know you've got their back and that you miss them. I know that sounds cheesy, but I'm a cheesy guy. Like, (laughs) you know, people appreciate that. People appreciate knowing that their fans, their customers, their readers support them that mm-hmm. well, as a creator myself i may not be the biggest person in the world but 
I can't tell you how much it brightens my day when somebody just says, hey, I really like this video. So I can imagine yeah. how that makes somebody who writes a comic book feel when millions of people perhaps see it. So do your part and let them know, like, hey, we appreciate you because it can really brighten someone's day. That's huge because the support, we all need to support each other through this. That's the big thing. And going back to just comic shops, I know a lot of places are still offering curbside delivery when they can. My comic book shop ended that this past weekend as they're kind of tightening the the lockdown uh, over here. But I know a lot of comic book shops are offering like you can purchase gift cards and so that essentially pays for future stuff, but it helps them keep the doors going for right now. But speaking of supporting comic book creators, Ryan Parrott, he's the current writer for GoGo and all the Power Ranger comics right now. He actually said on Twitter, there's a whole thread, we'll link to it in our show notes. I said, with no Power Ranger comics, I decided to post one of my favorite panels a day from each issue of my run and give a little commentary. He's been doing this for the past couple days, so he's commented on a panel from GoGo Power Rangers 1 and 2, and obviously right now 30 issues have been released, so he could keep this going for another 28 days, which is <laughs> good timing, I guess. Check that out. We'll link to it. Definitely follow him. If you are reading the comics and are enjoying Necessary Evil, Go Go Power Rangers, all of that, definitely shout him out. And then he also had, once this Newsarama news broke, he actually did a thread talking about this delay. And he said, it's 100% the right thing to do. Releasing digitally would have a significant impact and complicate the retail market when we have more important things to worry about. The books will come out eventually for now. Stay safe and for God's sake, stay inside. And he's like, choosing not to release issues digitally isn't about preventing piracy or stopping spoilers. The comic book industry is a partnership between publishers and local comic shop retailers. They need each other as that is still where the vast majority of consumers get their comics. Digital sales only make up a fraction of total sales. Obviously, that number could increase in our current global situation, but it could also put many local comic shops out of business and destroy the relationships publishers rely on to help their product find an audience. And he went on to compare it kind of similar to what the movie studio and theater release schedule is going on right now. Like, yeah, the studios could put their movies all on digital right now, but they would nowhere near make back the money of a typical major release weekend, like a, a box office weekend. If they release things digitally, there's no way that they would compete with just releasing it out in the real world. So, yeah. <laughs> there's a certain amount of, just regarding movies, there's a certain urgency it's a marketing technique and it works to go mm -hmm. see the movie when it's out the first two weeks you know you want to see it so you can talk about it with your friends your family you don't want to be spoiled on it that kind of thing releasing it digitally makes it available whenever you want it which for a consumer is great but that also means that i can do it later which isn't good yeah. for the pockets of of these publishers these studios who are putting that kind of stuff out there and sure, they're mega corporations, they've got money, but these productions 
cost a lot of money. They mm-hmm. have, take up a lot of resources. You think about the actors and the producers and the directors who make bank on these, but you've also got people who work backgrounds, who work sets, who work scouting, who maybe don't make that much money. And by having a film make less money, a studio is less likely to greenlight a sequel, which also means potential work for these background players almost, not in a negative way, but just Mm -hmm. you don't see them to have a job, you know, to get more. You want the production to make as much money as it can, not just for, oh, so you can get your sequel, but so people can continue living their daily lives, you know? Exactly. You want to keep people employed, especially in a situation like this. And Ryan closed out his thread by saying, believe me, I've been working on Necessary Evil for over a year and a half. If there's anyone who wants you all to see the ending, it's me. (laughs) May the power protect you. So I'm glad he's doing things like this comic panel spotlight and telling a little story about each one. I I think that's a cool way to interact with the fandom as we all like going stir crazy and seeking entertainment wherever we can find it. Yeah. And I've noticed a lot of actors, directors and stuff have been doing this kind of thing. And I think it's super cool because they really don't have to. This is a chance for them to even interact with us more than normal, though. I will say the the Power Rangers comic team has always been, in my view, very awesome interacting with us. But it's Mm -hmm. I love behind the scenes stuff. I love commentaries. So it's really neat to see their thought processes. In fact, one of his panels, I think it was the one he released today, where Zach and Trini were talking about meeting Kimberly for the first time. Yes. yes. I thought that was genius because in the show, yes, they're all friends. They've all been friends. That's whatever. But when you when you pick apart the the little archetypes of each character, especially from season one, Kimberly is most likely the biggest outlier next to Jason. Like, All of these friends really don't seem like they would really be friends in the real world. So it is kind of neat to have that little bit of tension. Like, why would this cheerleader slash Valley girl slash, you know, whatever. I'm still stuck in the 90s because I'm (laughs) my age. But you didn't have, I was more like a Billy in high school. Right. Yeah, same. Yeah. None of the cheerleader girls wanted anything to do with me. Like, that's not even like from an attraction thing. They just thought I was geeky and weird, which they weren't wrong. <laughs> but it's it's neat to see that backstory and how like his thought yeah. process being brought into it. So I appreciate that. Yeah, and it it's it's definitely really cool. I totally love it. I listen to Ranger Danger's Boom Room. That's just a wealth of behind the scenes stuff for the comics. I love the comics. I love reading them. So yeah, whenever I can find out new information about how an artist does something or what the colorist does or the thought process of how a storyline was created, that stuff fascinates me. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Power Rangers Beast Morphers. So kind of a new scheduling type of thing. This past Saturday, they actually had kind of like a QA. and a They did a hey, watch along with us and we'll comment on the show. I thought it was fun, interactive for the Power Rangers account. And last week they also did the MMPR movie watch and tweet along, which I thought was great. A great way to get people interactive while they're stuck at home. So one of the tweets that they said, they were trying to answer someone's question. They mentioned that there will be nine episodes before the hiatus. So that's 
currently on the schedule one through seven, the weird episode 21 that we talked about, and then potentially that's then episode eight. So we might get the nine episodes, but I know Futon Critic put out their schedule for the month of April and episode eight for Beast Morphers isn't on it. I'm taking a more wait and see approach. There's still one Saturday after the 18th in April, the 25th. Whatever happens, I'm looking forward to these episodes of Beast Morphers. I've been really enjoying the first part of this season so far. I think they've built a pretty good momentum from the first season. I'm going to piggyback off what you said about taking the wait and see approach as well. We don't know when that schedule was initially sent to mm-hmm. over to them. So we don't know. Maybe they've changed their plans since then. It seems kind of weird for the Power Rangers Twitter to say nine episodes because they know somebody's going to jump all over that if it's not the correct oh. amount of information. <laughs> Trust me, they already are. I'm already <laughs> seeing it on the oh, timeline. Yeah. So yeah. Just a sidebar to that, like love them or hate them, but whoever is running that Twitter is a genius. <laughs> and please promote them. <laughs> I don't know. I know not everybody agrees with me on that, but I have not seen that good of an interaction with people since the Wendy's Twitter went like insane a few years ago. <laughs> I It just brightens my day to see somebody who clearly loves to interact with the fandom, despite everything they get sometimes. They're just doing a great job. So if you're listening to this, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) They've done such a great job. They've really turned it around from like a couple years ago. I just love when someone that is in control of a brand account just has fun with it. It's like, look, these are corporations. And if you're not having fun with it on some level, what's the point really? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so many corporations, like not to get too far into that, but are so sterile. Like, yeah. uh, and I mean, I'm a huge gamer. I love Nintendo. Um, obviously Nintendo is generally very sterile with their consumer interaction. If you've ever seen their Twitter, it's very like, here's a script, you stick to it. This is what we say, (laughs) which is fine. But then you have silly things like then Mario and animal crossing right now. And it's like, man, you could just be making this into so much more. And I really appreciate that power Rangers kind of, the person into it is clearly loves their job because they really make it a fun experience. I think so good, good on them. Yeah, absolutely. So that's it for the news. Well, the big thing today, everyone's like, Oh my God, Toei shut down because of coronavirus. Like, yeah, no kidding. (laughs) They should. Good. Good for them. I've actually seen some people whining about it. Like just replace the actor, just put them back. And I'm like, Wow. That is so rude and disrespectful. Mm -hmm. The show is for fans, but the show's also jobs. And if he was diagnosed with it, clearly he was. Other people around him are now at risk, thus putting their families, their friends, everybody they've interacted with at risk. Close it down, which is what they've done. It's the smartest decision And maybe back off a little bit because the show is going to come back. I try not to be that guy, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) This is not 
oh, somebody, you know, broke their leg and we can we can hide it on set. This is a serious condition and just back off. Good Lord. Yeah, I totally agree. That's the only reason I didn't want to mention it, really, because it's like there's enough eye rolling things from the fandom, but I don't want to be preachy on it. We get this COVID-19 stuff like every which way in the news and on social, but it's like, can we just show a little compassion for the people that are dealing with this? Okay, so they may not film for a month and Super Sentai may be delayed or this might be a shortened season. It's not like this stuff hasn't happened in the past, like when Japan went through earthquakes and tsunamis and the Fukushima stuff. It's all affected production on these shows, but it's also people's lives. And at the end of the day, we, we just need to realize that. Yeah, we are very, very, maybe privileged isn't the right word, but we are... We are privileged. Um, This is entertainment, you know, Mm -hmm. and to me, people's lives outweigh entertainment. You can find another way to occupy that 30 minutes to an hour of your time. Go play Uh, Animal Crossing. I see that on my timeline, like constantly. (laughs) But don't tell uh, Long's Toys. Uh, Poor Chris, I think he's had enough. So, but seriously, you've got enough. I'm sure you've got a backlog of television and movies and stuff to watch have some compassion for this this poor actor who is who i i imagine feels pretty guilty like oh man i got this and i'm letting people down chill send them love send them positive vibes do whatever you gotta do but in the end it's all gonna be okay just breathe oh yeah absolutely that was very preachy i'm sorry i just (laughs) i'm very passionate about these things well that's why you're here that's why there's a ranger nation spotlight because i think you have a great channel i love it when there's new people in the fandom and there's interaction and new friends to make and that's why you're on the show chris so i'm gonna cry (laughs) (laughs) so I just wanted to highlight the work that you're doing with the YouTube channel, with just being like super active on Twitter. And it's great when there's more positivity in the fandom. Someone's not just sitting on the sidelines. They're taking an active discussion or they're contributing in some way. That's really why we do the Ranger Nation spotlights and why this podcast is for Ranger Nation. And I just want to get to know you and hopefully our, our listeners get to know you too. And I always ask this for anyone who is on one of these, how did you get into Power Rangers what was your first Power Rangers experience? Well, I'm 96 years old. So. <laughs> Stop. I'm older than you. <laughs> That's fine. The gays age faster. <laughs> no, I was, I was there August 31st, 1993. Mm-hmm. I, at that point I was eight years old. Fox kids was what you watched yeah. at that age. And without getting too crazy, I came from, a household that needed escapism as a kid. Mm. And I was always kind of like attracted to superheroes and that kind of mythos and like role models to look up to. But my parents, my, my mom was who I lived with. We weren't well off by any means. So Mm -hmm. comic books and action figures weren't really a thing in my house. Fox came on a local Nate on a local network. It was just our, one of our things we picked up. And I saw this show about, what looked like superheroes, but there were also giant robots. So (laughs) 
I, of course, being eight years old, didn't know anything about Sentai or anything like that. But I was like, wow, that looks cool. (laughs) (laughs) And I watched it. I enjoyed it. Of course, being an eight year old, you had to go to school. Schedules are weird, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, I remember the first season. Green with Evil is iconic. The whole thing is just if you weren't there, you don't know how big Power Rangers was. Right, Right. But. When the mutiny premiered, when Lord Zed arrived, I remember being at my my step-grandparents' house. My mom had recently remarried, and it it was a primetime event. Like, I don't, you know, I don't know how many people remember that, like, actual night. But I got to go and, like, go sit in in my grandparents' bedroom, which was huge for a kid, and (laughs) hang out and watch that. And even though I loved season one and what it established, season two was, like, where it happened for me nothing nice. was cooler than the thunder zords like they got new powers they knew what they were doing and that was i wouldn't say that was my first power Rangers experience obviously but that was the moment where i liked the show but mm-hmm. that was it that it was it has been an obsession since then <laughs> so yeah that's how i got into it i know for some of us in the fandom particularly who were that target age you know me included there's kind of like a trend where you kind of like fall out of it and then rediscover it was there ever a falling out period in power rangers watching for you or a revival to come back to it there was there was both a with our ages you know you become a teenager high school extracurriculars that kind of thing take over but also you know in that time it wasn't really cool or or trendy to be Mm -hmm. kind of the nerdy kid which i've always been we talked about it on the last podcast how much lore and world building means to me Mm -hmm. so i became very attached to the storyline of the so-called zordon era like Mm -hmm. i didn't care i loved when the cast change happened like yeah i missed adam and cat and you know the others but it was still connected so at the end of in space when lost galaxy first started it seemed like aside from alpha and the astro mega ship it was a disconnected season which i would have been 14 i think at that point which was right in that like time period so i was like i'm not really super into this i don't want new rangers i want not without like an explanation you know yeah So I kind of drifted a bit, but that wasn't the end because when To the 10th Power happened, you know, I wanted to see the team up because they were still showing ads for it. But then when Corona happened, Astronomers, I didn't know anything about me, like personally then. Yeah. But (laughs) Astronomer always spoke to me and I I know why now. (laughs) But even back then, I've always loved a good redemption arc. I don't think Mm -hmm. every villain needs to be redeemed. But hopefully you know her story by now if you're listening. Like, she didn't try to be evil. It wasn't her goal, clearly. And if you think about it as an adult, most likely had she not been kidnapped, she would have been a Power Ranger alongside Zane and Andros. Mm -hmm. So even at that age, you know, I know 14-year-olds are capable of critical thinking, but just thinking back to it, like, It was so cool to see her get a chance to get a redemption and a chance to kind of fulfill possibly the destiny that was maybe planned for her. Realistically, she would have been the pink space ranger, you know, or something. So it was cool. I didn't know anything about Valerie's leukemia back then, like the behind Mm -hmm. the scenes stuff. 
didn't really hit me. I don't think anyone knew yeah. back then. Yeah. And I grew up in the backwoods of Alabama. Like mm-hmm. we didn't have the internet until I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. A, we were poor, but B, like you just couldn't get it. So none of this, this was all just happening live for me. So once Lost Galaxy ended um, and Lightspeed Rescue happened and I realized, oh, we're not, we're, we're doing this again. We're doing a, another, that was my drop off. I, so <laughs> I've never seen Time Force. I know that's a sin. I'm working on it. I'm just busy. <laughs> I will get there. Please, no one send me DMs about how I need to watch it. I know. I also already have opinions on it, which get me in trouble. (laughs) But I came back. It wasn't really that long thinking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. I came back when um, Forever Red aired. And it had changed to ABC at that point because Disney had bought it. Right. so it came on at like a weird time. I had clubs and stuff in, in high school. I did it on the weekend to get out of my house. But I really kind of came back into it at Ninja Storm, which I, I friggin' adore Ninja Storm mm. so much. But at Ninja Storm, I was becoming an adult. Like I had to get a job <laughs> right. and do this. So I've been involved with it since then, but I haven't been able to watch all of it because you just work. You you don't right. you don't get to pick stuff and DVR didn't exist then. And I'm kind of back and forth about like downloading shows. Like I'm not going to judge anybody who does it. It's just not my thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mostly because I'm worried about getting sued into the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have cable now as an adult. It's not something we need. Right. Um, so like Beast for season two, I'm not worried about spoilers or anything. I wa- I'll read them. But I won't get to see it until it hits Netflix or that kind of thing. But I've always been, even when I was, this is a long-winded response and I'm sorry. No, no, it's all right. (laughs) Uh, Even when I wasn't watching the show and I didn't have the money to collect, because I've always been into the toys, transforming Mm -hmm. robots, just do it for me. I've always been like paying attention. Like, oh, that's a cool design. That's a crap design. I hate this suit. I love this. (laughs) And when I could afford to pick something up back then, I would. Mm-hmm. But um, I guess you could say there were two years where I weren't super heavily involved, but we're going on, good God, 27 years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm here for the long haul. This this is very, very important to me. Just as silly as that sounds, I think, to like people who don't understand it, this is something I, I genuinely care about. Yeah, yeah. Same here. I totally know where you're coming from on that. Clearly. I mean, I've been doing this podcast <laughs> for over six years. Like, I'm I'm invested into this. So from all of the seasons that you've watched, what would be like your top three? This is a hard question and I was thinking about it beforehand. But, <laughs> um, I'm going to cheat a little bit on the top on the third one, but top would probably be in space. My 13 year old self cried when Zordon dies. I am man enough to admit that. Um, <laughs> uh, I love Zio because I felt like Zio was a good way for the characters to kind of grow up a little bit without being grimdark. I really, really dislike overly edgy things in children's television. Mm -hmm. But for the third, I'm going to say it's a tie between Lost Galaxy because of Corone and Ninja Storm because I just adore it. Nice. Sometimes you get like, oh, you like only the Saban ones. That's not true. I like all kinds of stuff. (laughs) But for me, they hold the most, they have... They're the biggest impact yeah, on you. They hold good places in my heart. And it reminds me of times where 
it brought happiness when I needed it. So I yeah. appreciate them. Yeah. That's like me and SPD. Like, yeah, I can realize, Hey, the middle part of that season isn't the best, but that year, that time in my life, that was my brother's first power Rangers. And he was the same age I was when I discovered power Rangers. It was just like, that was a big moment for me. So yeah, I have my seasons too, where it's like, look, stuff happened and it will tie me to those seasons as my favorite. Nostalgia is a thing. And, you know, we talk so much about, oh, nostalgia is ruining Power Rangers. It's like, no, nostalgia is keeping Power Rangers alive. Absolutely. I think you kind of answered this um, with like the lore building and all of that stuff. But for you, what makes a great Power Rangers season? Um, it is true. The lore is very important. Now, when we're in seasons that don't, that they're mostly self-contained, I get it. They have the Nickelodeon episode deal they have to go through. I appreciate when they look into it as much as they can. I feel like Beast Morphers is doing a really good job with this right now because mm-hmm. it's a self-contained story, but it's clearly paying reference to what's come before without being like a pandering. I can appreciate fan service, but I don't need it to like swamp a season, you know? Right. I like when the characters are actually characters as much as they can be. But I also understand that this is a show geared for children. And I'm not saying kids are dumb. I know people take that the wrong way when you say like, it's a show for kids. Mm -hmm. But there's got to be a balance. Like kids are also, they can go watch whatever they want to. They don't have to stick with your show. And if it gets a little too complicated, they might not want to watch it. Exactly. They don't think the same way. I'm not insulting children. It's nothing like that, people. It's just they have so many options. They, they have their phones, their tablets, whatever. They can do whatever they want to. So it still has to be engaging for them because their minds are growing and they want to they do all kinds stimulation, of things. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. sometimes too much explaining and exposition might be boring. And I get it. I was a kid at once, too. But character development is very important to me. I'm not going to lie. Like the Zords. <laughs> still, <laughs> if, if I'm not attached to the Zord designs or just the aesthetics of it, it might not stand out as much to me, which I think is true for everyone. Mm-hmm. But I just want characters who feel as real as they can without being like, I don't necessarily need in your face lessons. I get it. It's not for me, but I also think a little subtlety can go a long way. And I think Beast Morphers does that well, too. I'm really impressed by what they've done because I I think we all had a lot of expectations for Hasbro and kind of we went from Ninja Steel, which wasn't the best, if Mm -hmm. we're being polite, and we had no idea what was coming off. And I've seen some people say like, oh, Beast Morphers is bad. It just seems good because we just came from Ninja Seal. And I don't agree with that take. I mean, you're welcome to have your own opinion. I'm not going to tell you not to. But I think if you look at it objectively, you can see that somebody, at least, I mean, when Jason, I'm going to mangle his last name. I think it's Bischoff. Yeah, Jason Bischoff. Mm -hmm. You can tell he had a huge love for the franchise and I. Uh, Melissa Flores did as well. Like you can see the loving care that went into this, how they are trying to appease an appeal to both sides, like the new viewers and the people who they know the older crowd like us help keep the seasons afloat, help keep the series going. So Mm -hmm. they have, it's a very fine balance of appealing to both while reeling in new viewers. And I love it when they do that 
and keep it balanced. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like you said, it's such a fine line that they're walking. To me, that's part of the fascination of Power Rangers just as a franchise. It's so unique of a property to be on the air for 27 years, going to go into its 28th season, to still come up with these concepts, to still keep selling toys and still be kind of relevant. They're still chugging along. And that fascinates me. So it's like, there's so much stuff behind the scenes that we don't know, like, you know, producer changes and, you know, script changes and, you know, people getting promoted and what happens and people in our fandom, like Mir from the power scoop, who do an amazing job of keeping up to tabs with like the behind the scenes stuff. And that's part of the reason as an adult that Power Rangers still holds my interest. It's because to keep everything going (laughs) and to continually produce a show and to come up with new ideas, it's a balancing act. This is the fourth era that we've had for Power Rangers. There was a lot writing on Beast Morphers as that Saban Disney transition where it was like, You know, Wild Force was kind of skating that line, too. It's just fascinating how history repeats itself. Well, something we touched on in the last episode that I I really like to reiterate is we have skated that line so many times. And a lot Mm -hmm. of shows don't get as many chances as we do. And I'm talking about television shows on major networks with budgets, with names, that kind of thing. And as a fandom There's always going to be a few people who, you know, are maybe a little too intense, maybe too passionate or negative, but we really unite. I've always liked Power Rangers, but I've always been too shy to engage with fandom up until about six months ago. And Mm. I cannot tell you how welcoming everybody has been. I am, I don't even know why I'm sitting here right now. Like, (laughs) I appreciate this. Don't get me wrong, but I, like, it feels People care about what I have to say, even though I'm not like the big, I I don't know. I I don't want to sound jealous. It's not that. It's just, (laughs) I haven't been around that long, but people listen to me and people want to hear my opinions and it's so welcoming. And I think that's such a good thing. And the whole idea of Power Rangers is teamwork overcomes all. And we are a team as a fandom. We have kept this franchise alive as long as it has been. And we will continue to do that. I think mm-hmm. that is something unique. I mean, you hear about letter writing campaigns and all that kind of stuff all the time, but we really do it. And that's a testament to everybody's love of it. The adult fans, the kids, we're uniquely positioned to have our parents remember it. We yes. remember it. Some of us are parents now passing it on to our kids. It's generational now. It's insane. That is so awesome and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of gloom and doom back and forth we see it all the time most recently before toy fair i felt like it was very heavy and some concerns were valid but some of it was a little dramatized in my opinion but i don't know we keep this franchise going and that is something that i think every person in this family or family well yeah that works in this fandom yeah you should pat yourself on the back for it because if even if you contribute a lot or a little, you're contributing and you are helping keep this franchise alive because without us, it wouldn't exist, hands down. So feel good about that because they wouldn't renew it if they didn't think it would make them money, which is their goal. Don't let's not delude right. themselves. But 
if they weren't making the money through us, it wouldn't exist anymore. So be proud that you've kept it alive as long as you have. Yeah, exactly. And that's one of the great things about the franchise is the community that it's helped cultivate. There is such a welcoming fandom and any fandom has its bad days or good days and all that stuff. And, you know, certainly Power Rangers is is no stranger to that. But overall, everyone's pretty welcoming. And I'm glad that you've been able to experience that, too. I really do appreciate it. Everybody, all the subs, all the comments on Twitter. I wish I could respond to everybody. I really do. It's been fantastic. And I think especially, not even with just coronavirus, but just the times we live in. Oh, yeah. Kindness goes a long way. Understanding and compassion go a long way. It's very encouraging to see because, like we were talking about earlier, just not everybody's as fortunate as you and I are. And so sometimes fandom is is maybe all they have. And not right. in a negative way. Like I think fandom is very powerful. And I believe in online friendships. I have made so many friends in the past six months that I absolutely would not trade for the world. Mm-hmm. I think we have a nurturing fandom, even if sometimes people wouldn't necessarily refer to it as that but i i i'm the mother of the family (laughs) i just i just want everybody to get along so but i think we do an excellent job of of really taking care of one another yeah for sure what are you excited about right now in this time of the franchise i mean we've kind of touched on this you know for me the biggest thing in power rangers are the toys. I love the toys. I love seeing all the new stuff that we're going to get. I love figures and collecting, but I think something new for me is that just seeing what Hasbro can do now that they're seemingly like 100% on their own. Mm -hmm. Power Rangers, I don't want to say it's formulaic because I still watch it. I don't dislike it or anything. I don't want it to have a huge tonal shift in how it presents itself. But I am curious to see if we can get back to maybe, I don't mind having high school students. I don't mind having government agencies, but I'd like to see more. There's more out there. And I think Hasbro is exactly the kind of company to really pursue that. Even though it's a children's show, you can still put themes And I hesitate to use the word morals, but you can put situations in there that can engage your audience and make them think a little more critically. Yes, they're kids, but they're also intelligent. You just have to approach it a different way. And I'm excited to see where they go with this because we know season 28 is uh, Ryu Soldier. We know it's dinosaurs. We know we've seen dinosaurs before, but this time we have a knight motif behind it. Maybe they won't touch on that. Or maybe they'll touch on it and lean heavier into it and show a little bit of chivalry and like how maybe even being kind or taking care of each other makes you more powerful as a group. Mm. You know, like the bonds of family, humanity, whatever. We're stronger together than we are apart. Together we are more. Exactly. (laughs) 100%. Like... Yeah. We can accomplish so much when we work together. And I'm trying not to get preachy and saying what <laughs> I really want to say right now about like the real world. But 
divided we cannot win. Humanity does its best work and greatest accomplishments when we work together and put aside differences. And I think Power Rangers is a huge, huge opportunity to teach that to the newer generations. Because, yeah, they might only watch it for three years and then go off onto something else. But imagine if that lesson sticks with them. How many shows have you watched as a kid? I know I watch plenty of things that I still think about like, huh, I learned that from this. And that's what excites me because without shading Saban or anything, I don't, (laughs) I think we kind of miss the point there. Like a moral doesn't work if it's shoved down your throat. A moral is about showing rather than saying. You show them not necessarily right and wrong, but you just you put them along the right path. And I'm excited. I think Hasbro can do that because they have a lot of crazy themes and really adult themes in their other franchises like Transformers. And it's a show about it's a show and a comic about robots. But when you look deeper, there's meaning there. And I think they're really good at putting that there almost subtly, like make you think about it later. So that's something that really excites me. Even today, Power Rangers used, you know, their new thing that they had from Toy Fair where, you know, where they said, hashtag, we can all be Rangers. Mm -hmm. And that is such a great lesson because it's not just about the powers. It's not just about the suits or, you know, the fancy machines. Power Rangers are Power Rangers because of what's inside their heart. And I think that's a great lesson for kids. It is. We all have value. Like that's something that cannot be stated enough to kids or adults. And I think, I think people need to hear it more. Like I am not a physically strong person, um, but I am a caring emotional person. Like I think that comes through a lot, but so I'm nurturing. I want to make people feel better. I can be a ranger because of that. Or somebody's strong, they're handy, they're talented, they're skilled, they're mechanical, they can do stuff too. Nothing should preclude you from being a Power Ranger. Everybody Mm -hmm. has it inside of them. Everybody's different, but everybody's skills are necessary. No one person can do it alone. Exactly. That's a lot. (laughs) It's deep. I'm sorry. I I talk too much. (laughs) No, no, no. It's fine. Going back uh, now to your YouTube channel, Old God Machinations or OG Machinations. What's the meaning behind the name? Where where did that come about? I'm curious about That, that. That is a really specific story, but it's actually pretty easy. I'm a big gamer. Like mm. hardcore. My favorite game of all time is World of Warcraft, which uh, <laughs> I have played for 15, 16 years since it launched, so I'm invested in it. Um, I was actually on Reddit on there. We've had a bad expansion this time around, and I, I made a joke about, like, there's a group of enemies called the Old Gods, and um, we were joking about how they totally weren't manipulating what was happening in the storyline. And so I made this, basically it was like a job listing, like submit your resume. And at the end of it, I was like, submit your resume at old God machinations at totally not evil.com or something. And I had been toying around with putting together a channel. I didn't know what it was going to be at the time or just doing something creative. And suddenly I was like, that's a good name. (laughs) <laughs> That's what I want. And I call it OG machinations because Twitter gives me a limit on my characters. <laughs> but no, it's it's old god machinations because 
in a way it kind of works because I offer opinions and thoughts and whatever. Now, even though I, I try to go by Void Ranger, I have a lot of friends who just call me old God or the old God, which I'm fine with. It's whatever, but <laughs> it's actually it has nothing to do with Power Rangers. It's a, it's a World of Warcraft reference. <laughs> Uh, so going back to, to Void Ranger, how did that come about? Because like, I love the drawing that you have for it. I think, I think that's so cool. And it's, I think it's always awesome when someone comes up with like their own Ranger design and all of that. So, so what's the story behind Void Ranger? One of my guild members in World of Warcraft is a very talented office. Uh, office. Wow. Um, artist <laughs> i need more caffeine we're all offices right now <laughs> we're our own personal offices i would name drop her in here but i cannot pronounce her handle so if anybody's curious she does commissions i can link her to you i'm sure she'd be happy to talk to you i had an idea for my own character because i wanted an avatar or something but i cannot draw i cannot do anything and I love the Q Ranger designs. I love yes. their space theme. I love I love everything about their outfits. So Void Ranger is a surprise, a World of Warcraft themed Power Ranger. Uh, <laughs> the old gods exist in the void. Um, mm. If you look at his chest and his visor, you can see like like sparkles. They're supposed to be stars because that's the void. And then uh, the swirl design on his chest as well, for those who are familiar with World of Warcraft, in the center of the planet is this spiraling maelstrom that glows orange from a wound from, I don't know, 60,000 years ago in the lore. It's too Mm. much to remember. So we incorporated the maelstrom, which is kind of iconic on the World of Warcraft map, into his chest. Oh, nice. Purple and gold are like my two favorite colors. So I was like, yes, let's make him look space themed and gaudy. This is perfect. <laughs> so, and then the the final thing is his visor is shaped like uh, one of the old gods uh, that we're actually fighting in this expansion called Nazoth. So he's not evil. It's nothing like that. If he were a character and I had a real backstory, he'd be a good guy, but he harnesses the power of the void to tap into the morphing grid. That is so cool. I sound really <laughs> nerdy, but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I love it. Like I, I was always really curious about the design. If anybody is looking for something like that, I I'm commissioning her for more stuff. I have this image framed on my Ranger room wall. I love it so much. She was very patient with me because like I said, I can come up with ideas. I can't, draw to save my life but everything that happened there she tweaked but that was all like my idea and i really appreciate like when artists let you just kind of go ham and make it work so i love that picture so much it's really good it really is and yeah shoot me the link to her stuff because i'll definitely include that in the show notes for sure okay your main focus right now is obviously your youtube channel how did you start coming up with that? What was your idea initially for that? Like, how did it come about? Because any good venture starts out with like an aha moment. What was that spark for you? Where did, how did this originate? Well, when all of it really started, it was a, uh, about three years ago. I was living in California. Um, I had just gotten laid off. And we had some a, a family member who was sick, and I was feeling kind of helpless because it was about 
six months before we could come home, which home is now where I'm at across mm. the country. And I've always been a creative person. I just didn't know how to express it, you know? So at first I was toying around with like just doing a YouTube channel, but I had no idea what to do with it. So it was just kind of there, like didn't know. I have no video editing skills at all. Everything I've done is self-taught. So that kind of got put on the back burner. But when I moved home, a friend of mine wanted to do a podcast about like video games and, mm-hmm. and that kind of stuff. And I know a pretty good amount about that kind of stuff. And I enjoy the podcasting experience, but he, um, we're still friends nothing bad. It, the podcast doesn't exist anymore, but sure. it was hard with everything that was going on to connect because for some reason we never thought to do it like this. I, I have no idea why we are not <laughs> in the same room. Kevin and I would record in the same room mm-hmm. and it was hard to like match up our schedules. I liked what it did, but it wasn't as much as I like video games. It wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah. So we played around with it for a while and I probably shouldn't say this, but at my job, sometimes I have downtime or I'm working on spreadsheets and I'm not going to get in trouble or anything, but <laughs> I can, I have two monitors. So I listen to people talking Oh yeah. in YouTube on the other side. And I just kept looking at that going, I can do that. Like I'm shy as hell in real life, but I can talk and it's hard to get you to shut me up on the internet. So <laughs> I've got to figure it out. And I had no idea what I was doing. It was video games and it was, it was toys and I was still collecting. And I was like, I just don't know. And I was, I came home one day and I looked, my ranger room was smaller at the time, but it was getting filled and I looked at it and it was just like, it was really an aha, like light bulb going off. Like you idiot, <laughs> look at all this stuff, you know about this and like, you can show it to people. And if, if you're watching this just to watch it, surely other people will too. You can do this. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of started a deep dive of, well, how can I do this and buying equipment and doing all this stuff Everything I buy, mechanical cameras, the toys, all comes out of my pocket, which I'm super fortunate to be able to do. Like I do not, yeah. I do not take that for granted. Um, and there is no intention like to make money off this. If if I ever got monetized, that would be fantastic, and it would go back into this. But I do it because I love it, mm-hmm. and that's how it started. I think my first video went live in October, which literally was me sitting there. I have this thing where I think about something and overanalyze it to the point that I scare myself out of doing it, (laughs) Um, which I'm sure a lot of creators can identify with. But one day I was just like, you know what? Screw this. I'm going to record a video. And I did it. I got like 10 views at first. Because, I mean, YouTube is nothing but algorithms. Like, you're fighting an uphill battle. (laughs) Not to dissuade anybody from doing it. Do it. It is very fulfilling. I'm thankful for all 95 subscribers I have. But it is extremely fulfilling to see that number go up and go, yes, somebody liked what I had to say. But that's it. It was based on that. And it was also partially just getting over my fear. And Mm -hmm. I found that with interacting with Twitter, it's introduced me to you to a lot of other people I would definitely consider friends. It's helped me open up and kind of channel my anxiety. I'm a very anxious person into something positive. And if nothing else, it's stress relief for me. Like, uh, I really do. I'm so glad I got into it. 
Oh yeah. It's a great feeling. Like what you mentioned, just, you know, whenever someone just likes or comments or, you know, the, the interaction too. Yeah. I mean, I, I have friends I've made through Twitter and social media that, you know, I consider really good friends, lifelong friends. And yeah, it's, it's just, it's such a great feeling. So personally, I'm, I'm just, I'm really happy that, you know, we were able to connect too, because I love making new friends and I I think it's cool. And I, I like seeing people create and take that initiative to create. And I think, you know, that drive of like, Hey, I'm going to buy a new piece of equipment or Hey, this toy or, you know, whatever. And you're just furthering that passion. I think that's a good source of inspiration. I love seeing my friends projects and when they're able to create something, I just think that's so cool. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been a wonderful experience. Like, I don't know how else to describe it. I'm just, I'm so incredibly fortunate to be able to do this. And mm-hmm. like I said, I used to be an incredibly hardcore people pleaser, which I've kind of backed away from, but I'm not going to lie. It comes out of me because I love just to, if I can help brighten somebody's day with showing off a toy and giving them something to like, look forward to or just watch or enjoy. I try to inject a lot of humor into my Twitter and YouTube. Um, I don't know if I'm successful. I'm kind of a smart ass, but I always mean it in a nice way. You know, I try to always be friendly and just ha ha joking, but I love dad jokes. I love (laughs) I, all my videos are not, none of them are scripted. So I have a little list of things like, oh, please don't forget this because I'm incredibly bad with names. But if I can make somebody smile or just happy, that makes me feel good. That That's the mm-hmm. reward. And I know that sounds cheesy. I know to some people it might sound fake, but that's who I am. I just want to put some joy into this world because Lord knows we need it. Yeah, totally agree with that. So I know you do a lot of um, re- toy reviews. Is that primarily the focus of your channel right now? It is. And it's what I focus on most, both with Power Rangers in general. And it's probably the thing I'm most knowledgeable about. I have ideas in my head, of course, of like, oh, maybe making a, uh, I don't know if I would call it a news commentary because there's so many sources for news already. But I do like the idea of commentary um, Mm -hmm. and just offering opinions because that's just what they are. You know, I'm not trying to tell anybody else what to do or think. Just offer my perspective because everybody's perspective is unique, I think. And it's it's good to get information from different places. Oh, yeah. The biggest thing kind of holding me up for that is learning how to edit videos. And it is incredibly (laughs) overwhelming for me. But like I said, I'm super appreciative to get to do this and the previous episode. Never in, in my life thought like, oh, somebody's going to want me to help or to talk about me. So this has been fun. I wouldn't be opposed to more of that if people wanted to do it. But my philosophy in anything I do is to try to th- take things one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, I have ideas, but I find that if I look too far into the future, I get back into that oh God, have I bitten off more than I can chew? (laughs) So right now I'm going to focus on toys. And I did post my first, like, I guess you could call it a commentary video. It was the last video I posted before all this outbreak stuff happened. And um, it was an experience. It was new. Mm. I I would have to figure out something more 
concrete and get a better setup for it. But people really also enjoy just like seeing the setup, the room I have, which is pretty impressive. I'm, I'm going to brag about it because I'm, <laughs> I love that room. I'm just so happy with it. Um, it fills me with a lot of joy. Uh, but we'll see. I've gotten to help do like a co-host on another I don't know what the terminology for any of this stuff is, but I'm going to call it a podcast. But it was like a YouTube where we talked about Toy Fair, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Like people wanted to hear what I had to say, and I that made me feel good. So we'll see. I don't know what the future holds. Let's get me to 100 subscribers first so I can get a custom <laughs> URL. That's my number one goal. <laughs> I'm tired of sending people gibberish links when they ask, <laughs> hey, what's your YouTube? Oh, it's ZYX4372. We actually had a question from uh, one of our listeners. I'm surprised we didn't get more, but, you know, whatever. It sure got a lot of retweets and likes, which was great. Um, But I'm like, I'm like, just just ask a question. It can be anything. Um, (laughs) I do think this is the best question. This is fantastic, though. And maybe I'm missing out on an end joke or something, but... uh, uh, Moshin, uh, Tommy Lu Lufton in the tweets at Tommy Lulu 85. I know when he's on the streets, it's like in the YouTube chat or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so he said, what is your favorite Chris Evans movie? Okay, the end joke is that I'm completely obsessed with Chris Evans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I figured <laughs> that's it. It's very simple. I'm, uh, I don't know. Uh, the answer to that is a very easily uh, Captain America, the winter soldier. Such a great movie. I love that. It's kind of, it, it really leaned into the, the spy genre. I love spy stuff. Uh, my, my favorite TV show next to uh, power Rangers is alias. I have seen it. So many times. So nice. The this was spies and superheroes, and of course America's <laughs> like. <laughs> how can you not like it? Like, hello. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I I have a tendency to be a little inappropriate sometimes. So I definitely no. It's fine. I I try to make sure like the whole YouTube thing with thirteen and up. You know, for advertising, I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> but part of my humor, and I, I think you appreciate this on Twitter, is um, as I'm polite, but I'm also incredibly inappropriate, <laughs> which is good. And it's sometimes I feel like, oh, God, I maybe shouldn't say that. But at the same time, <laughs> that's my personality. And I don't think anybody should have to hide who they are unless you're a bad person. Please hide. I don't want to. I don't want to deal with bad people. Go away. You know, (laughs) but um, I sound like, good Lord, like a Care Bears episode, but uh, (laughs) just acceptance. You don't have to see eye to eye on every single thing. And still, you can still be friends with people like, exactly. you know, not one thing defines a person unless they're being outwardly, just actively hateful. So Mm -hmm. I think that, to go off on another preachy moment, I think that is something our fandom should work on. Like just because I think the time force suits are terrible and that's not a joke. I think they're hideous. <laughs> um, that doesn't mean we can't be friends. Right. Exactly. Like, Oh, <laughs> horrible opinion. No, it's like, that's just their opinion. Like yeah. calm down. <laughs> like, I don't, 
you having bad taste and liking the Time Force designs doesn't mean oh. I think of you as less than a person. <laughs> no, it, it's really silly, yeah. some of the things we get hung up on. And I'm guilty of it, too. I'm not a oh, perfect sure. person, but I try not to. Um, you know, I've never seen SPD, and I know that's a sore spot with you. Um, so, but we're still <laughs> friends. Like, yeah, exactly. I just can't wait for the day when you're like, Oh my God, Eric, SPD is like the greatest thing. And I'm like, I know, right? And then we can have a discussion. <laughs> That'll be the next interview. How did you feel about right? SPD? But no, it's Chris Evans is. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know. There's a word I can't use, but he is it. He is that word. And uh so I, I always make the joke to Tommy, like any kind of response you need to send to me. You can just send it in a Chris Evans gif, and I'm fine with it. <laughs> so This has been a lot of fun, and I will have all of your links in, in the show notes. I really hope that we can push you to over 100 with, uh, with this episode. So where can listeners find you online? Okay, so I'm going to try not to mess it up this time. Uh, you can find me at YouTube. There's going to be a link, but just search Old God Machinations, three words. You should be able to find me if, if YouTube is being nice. Um, my Twitter is OG Machinations. And if you are into Instagram, um, I'm a air quotes photographer. And you can find me at Old God Machinations, one word. There I'll generally post pictures of the toys I'm either going to review or just happen to have or whatever interact with me tweet me you know i mm. i like talking to people i do apologize if i do uh miss something it's not me ignoring you i also have a bad tendency to open dms and text messages in my sleep and then forget about them <laughs> and don't know why that's a thing but i'm very like happy with how this has gone like i could mm. i'm just eternally grateful for everybody who has subbed and commented and and taking time out of their day to to talk to me you know like that that just makes me feel great so thank thanks to everybody out there who has interacted with me and thank you eric like oh yeah absolutely. Uh, like, i cannot tell you how how humbled i am that you would invite me to be on your your podcast this is this is a fantastic experience i really appreciate it Oh yeah, you're you're welcome totally. And you're right. I was able to go into YouTube search bar. I typed in old god machinations. Boom, you're right there. So that's probably the easiest way to find your YouTube channel. So and and if you guys, like I said, if you give me five more, I can make it easier for you. Just Exactly. Throwing that out there, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's a win-win here. <laughs> right. I wanted to ask before we sign off. Out of your videos so far, which one is your favorite review that you've done? Oh God, that's like asking me the child I have. <laughs> no, that just seemed like the best response for it. Um, that's hard. That is a very tough question. You know, I'm going to go with my ISIS Megazord review mm. for a few reasons. Um, one, it was a toy I never thought I would get because it's really expensive generally. And uh, I found it way underpriced. Thanks, you eBay seller, I guess. Um, and it's in really good shape. And I was so excited to get it. It came from England that I, I pushed every other, like I usually have about five videos in my head at once. And I was like, nope, I'm going to do this one. And that one has gotten a lot of good 
feedback and response that or my battle borgs review because a lot of people haven't seen the battle borgs because they're so hard but, to come <sighs> come across so lightning collection win um yeah seriously but yeah those <laughs> those two are probably my favorites and then nice. the uh it's not really my video but the the toy fair recording which is actually on rrr the streets's channel i was a part of that and you can you can hear my my bad opinions on on toys over there too. So give, <laughs> I, I don't want to promote too many different people on your podcast, but I'm I'm on one of their videos if you can find it. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm actually making a note of it in the show notes so that uh, I remember to put that link. I can probably find it for you. So okay, um, cool. But yeah, hopefully I have many more videos to come. So I know everybody has plenty of time to watch stuff right now. <laughs> <laughs> And to listen to things. So yeah, for sure. (laughs) All right. Well, Chris, once again, thank you so much uh, for being on the show today, for taking the time out. Love having you on the show. You're more than welcome to come back anytime, for sure. Anytime you'll have me, I'd be happy to do it. Thank you. Awesome. So Ranger Nation, let us know what you think. If you have questions, you can email us at rangercommandpowerhour at gmail.com, or you can check us out at rangercommand.com. We're on Twitter at Ranger Command PH and Ranger Command Power Hour on Instagram and Facebook. So, Chris, once again, thank you so much. Everyone, subscribe to him. Let's get him over 100 and way more than that. Yeah. Well, thank you, Eric. And thank you (laughs) to your listeners. You know, I I really do appreciate it. So, absolutely. Take care, everyone. All right. See ya. (laughs) Woo. You've been listening to the Ranger Command Power Hour, only on the Four-Eyed Radio Network. You can catch a new episode every other Saturday. Find us on the Morphin Grid at www.rangercommand.com. Follow us on Twitter at RangerCommandPH. Like us on Facebook and Instagram at Ranger Command Power Hour. Ranger Command is also on Patreon. Become a patron by pledging as much or as little as you like every month and receive cool perks by pledging you are helping us make our show even better go to patreon.com slash ranger command ph to learn more thanks for listening